Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs, and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, this episode is brought to you by my very own NLP Practitioner Course. I've been teaching neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, for nearly 15 years. It is the most powerful tool for communication on the planet, and it can be yours today. For a very limited time, I'm giving away my entire NLP course workbook for free. Go to nlpwithmatt.com. All the patterns, all the tools, and the techniques of NLP in the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free. NLPwithMatt.com. Get it today. Let's get back to the show. Hey, welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Matt Browning, of course. Welcome back to the show. So stoked to be with you this week. I hope you've been having a good week. I hope you're getting out there and crushing it, hustling, doing what you're supposed to do out in the world. So today we have a really cool guest. Uh, the title of this episode is all about the intersection of art and business. And we have Lucy Dumas with us. Lucy's an award-winning PPA master craftsman photographer, a full-time portrait wedding photographer for over 35 years in San Diego, California. Uh, her children are her special love as a photographer, so I'm sure she's done countless, countless uh, art captures of her kids. Um, and you know, she's also one of her superpowers is selling commissioned wall portraits uh, to people, and especially multiple times with a client. So, Lucy, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you, Matt. I'm great. I'm so excited to be on this call. Um, just a little correction: I don't have children on my own. I'm every oh, kid's not your aunt. children. <laughs> I'm every kid's aunt Lucy. So, <laughs> I love uh, photographing children is is something that uh, just makes me so happy. Gotcha. Children Photo and families. Photographing kids. Like I say, how yes. many kids you photograph? Can you imagine having all those as your kids? That might be a bit much. Yeah. <laughs> well, they are. I just I get to just have all their photographs, and and I don't need to feed them or change diapers or anything. <laughs> I, I look, I'll, I'll take that. Too. I have one, and that's uh, my wife and I say that's more than enough. So yes. I, wanted, I wanted to have you on the show because you know every now and again I want I'll bring in a special voice, and I thought you'd be a great spot because so many people in the personal growth field, coaching field, and NLP field, what they do is they feel like same as I did when I started in two thousand six. Uh, I felt like man, this is my passion. This is my art. Is working with somebody. I love that, and you know, for you, you've been able to really make a successful career out of something that quite frankly, isn't that easy to make a career out of um, photography. So first off, can, I want to find out from you, how, when did you start? How old were you when you, I don't know, maybe when you took your first photo, do you remember it? Uh, and what inspired you to, to get into this as a, as a passion? Thank you for asking. So I've always been that gal with a camera, but they were always cheap, junky cameras. And then I was on a date with someone who had just purchased a 35 millimeter and I helped him load it. And I took a few photographs on his camera and all of a sudden, like the sky opened and the heavens sang. Oh. So on your <laughs> okay. first one, you really had that experience. With, with, a, with, with a professional camera that I, I could, I remember the photograph. It was a, 
a tiger lily in the Botanical Gardens in Santa Barbara. <clears throat> and ordinarily, I would not be able to get a picture of that with a, you know, point and shoot. And to be able to have the adjustments and have it turn out beautifully, just really changed everything and ignited the passion that eventually when I found myself needing to uh, create a career, I, all signs like the magic eight ball where it says all signs point to yes. It, all signs said, this is what you're supposed to do, girl, go for it. Now, fortunately, I am a natural salesperson as well. Even if people don't want me to tell them how to pick a great pomegranate, I'm going to jump in there <laughs> if they're looking at pomegranates. Is there a secret to a great pomegranate? Because I just, I just got one uh, at the grocery store a couple of days ago. Yes. My son had never tried one. He's eight, and he actually liked them. Oh, they're fabulous. So I, I, I never buy pomegranates. Yeah. Is there a trick, or is that just a random example? No. They need to be heavy, and the, more, the heavier and the redder ones will be sweeter. Heavier, redder. You guys got that? Heavier and redder. That's a good metaphor for life. Yes. And the time to buy them is late October to January and winter down under. It, so. it's, it certainly is. Yes. So l let's talk about the career change. So w were you doing something in a career before? Were you um, at, at home? What was the transition when you said, I'm liking this photo thing. I'm liking being a photographer. Could I do this for real? What was the time period between like, learning about it and making a real go at, at earning income from it. So my first camera I purchased when I was 26 and just really jumped into learning the art and darkroom and black and white photography. I didn't take classes, but I'm a good learner. And so, you know, I found mentors and I studied and I practiced then in, um, when I was, 31, 32, I had been running a little business in the airport selling travel insurance and foreign exchange. It, it had been uh, given to me as a, uh, an independent contractor. And then a big old recession hit and my contract was canceled. And I found myself unemployed trying to figure out what to do with my life. The woman that canceled my contract said, you're going to find that this is the best thing that ever happened to you. And she was completely right because, you know, then I just didn't want to do anything else. And I had deep confidence in myself that I could make this work. People told me I was nuts. That's too competitive, but I had this burning desire. And so like I said, I love to learn. So I then began to learn the business. I joined professional organizations. I studied, I practiced and, you know, blossomed. And how, lo how long was it from, um, from getting your first camera to, well, let me ask you a better question. How long was it from, you know what, I am going to give this a go to what you would call being successful. And I don't know if it was, you know, your first paid gig mm. or, once you can make regular full-time income from it. So you, you judge whatever that is. For me, my, the, the reason I ask that is I tell a story, which is what my story is. It took me 20 months. It was almost mm -hmm. two years. Uh, being a life coach, I made $900 over two years. I was coaching Ooh. people and I put mm -hmm. on seminars and it was terrible, but I did it. Mm -hmm. And 
it was 20 months before I kind of had a break where I sold a really, really higher amount of coaching. And I finally, from that moment forward, that's when it started turning around. Did you have mm-hmm. that kind of a moment where you're going after it, but you're not quite full time? And then finally you can look back and say, yeah, now um, I was successful. So if so, how long was that period of time that you had to go after it until you feel like you you made some success in it? Um, I would say it's about what you're talking about. Within the first two years, I was getting steady income. And at year three, it was a good living. Okay. And funny because, um, I don't know if we talked about this at all, but I do business coaching for photographers. And I would say from the point four and a half years ago where I said, I'm putting my heart and soul into this and going to build a coaching business, it took about 18 to 20 months to get to that same point. So I think there's a sweet spot in general, maybe that we were discovering whenever we, you know, really go for it and take the time and learn and all that stuff. Yeah. There's something about, it's like having to get into phase one and no matter what the business is or what the industry is, especially if it's a service industry, you know, there's that phase one where you're still learning and you're getting your name out and you're finalizing things and you're doing trainings and you're, and maybe you're building a Rolodex, right? Or you're building a testimonial reel. So what, whatever it is, you know, we're going out, maybe we're doing work for free. You're doing work for cheap. You're, you're getting that thing built. And yeah, it seems like it's somewhere in the neighborhood of at least a year to maybe three years, depending Mm -hmm. on the individual speed. So it sounds like you agree with the same thing. Tell me, how does, how does wedding photography or photography in general relate to other service industries that you're familiar with? So whether it's coaching or speaking, that's the one we're most familiar with probably. Um, but also in relationship to, you know, anything else, whether it's massage therapy or hair, uh, hair salons or tax services, how do you feel like photography is similar and, or how do you feel like it's different from other service-based businesses? I think that photographers think that what we're going to spend most of our time doing is photographing. <laughs> <laughs> and what, uh, what I consider a successful photography business does with the time is more marketing and sales and uh, administrative with very minor time actually photographing. Especially for me, I'm a low volume, high dollar per client. So finding those clients takes more time and energy than if I was uh, cheap and cheerful, then, or. <laughs> cheap and cheerful. Cheap and I cheerful. Love so you're not the Walmart of wedding photography. Right. And I'm not the, what now is called the shoot and burn, where I find somebody to give me under, under $500 and I photograph and I do a light edit and hand them the files that, you know, in that scenario, which has a high burnout potential, yes, there's a lot of photography. For me, not a lot of satisfaction because I would not get to see the joy on people's faces when they see the photographs. I would not grow as an artist by learning what they love. And that favorite part when they come and pick up the portraits that will be art in their homes that they will enjoy for their lives and their children's lives, their kids' lives. Um, You know, that moment is why I do this. 
uh, it's not about the money and it's not just about photographing it's the finished art and the the happiness of my clients and would you say that's one of the one of the areas that that uh, is really similar to the other services see again for yes. me, I'm just speaking, you know for me and the and the clients and friends i have this i would say this kind of business right doing a service business it's a lot easier to sell a product mm -hmm. and and, and I guess, you, I don't know, I suppose you're kind of in the middle of both of those, aren't you? Where you do have a product to deliver, but it's a service. So how would you classify that if you had to? <laughs> um, I'm, a, I'm a service. Yeah. If, uh, I don't know if I would officially, what are my options? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess it doesn't even matter. Yes. You don't really have to be. Who so, who we need to box you in? Yeah. So the similarity is that the principles of selling are the same in any industry where we're selling. The principles that I teach are at the core becoming a trusted advisor and getting in a position of leadership with the client or the potential client and guiding them every step of the way, guiding and advising. How do you start, how do you start that relationship off on the right foot that way? Cause I feel like there's a lot of people that would say, you said wedding photographer for three and a half decades. There's a lot of people that are gonna be looking for a photographer and they're thinking of it like transactional or thinking of it as shopping price or how many hours do I get? How many photos do I get, et cetera. How do you take someone that maybe comes in and gets introduced to you perhaps in that light and kind of move more into, because I, I love what you're saying about the trusted advisor, a leadership role, a consultant. You're saying, look, let me help you with this, not, hey, what's your best rate? What's the best deal you can cut me? How exactly. do you envision that? Or do you even bother with it? Maybe those aren't the right people. What's, what's your take on, on moving into that trusted advisor role? So I bother with it. It is completely the most important thing that I do. And the way that I do it is to build a relationship, be interested in them, listen to them, ask really good questions that connect them to the emotional reasons for the portrait. So do you want, do you want an example? I would love an example. Okay. So you said you had, you have one child. Yeah. One eight-year-old son. Okay. So let's pretend you've called me and you've said, I'm thinking of having a a family portrait, you know, my a family portrait, having a picture made, they'd say in this sure. <laughs> having a portrait. So I'd say, um, oh gosh, Matt, that's so that's so awesome. Um, so tell me about your family. Okay. So I mean, I don't know, what would I even say about that? So do you have kids? Oh yeah, okay. So we don't know anything yet. Yeah. So right. I have, you know, my wife and I have been together about 10 years and we have an eight-year-old son, uh, only child. And, and what's his name? His name's Valiant. But he goes, oh, I love that. But he goes by Val. By Val. And he hates I love it when that. I talk so, about him on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> so we'll make up a, a fictional child. No, no, we'll talk about him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he just doesn't like it. And, and um, what's his personality like? You know, he's, uh, he, he's real, real finicky and fun. When, he, when you're in the circle of trust, he loves you and he'll mess with you. And he's just this bundle of personality. But if you're outside the circle of trust or he is not sure who you are, he's going to come off really, really timid and trepidatious. Yeah. So Pretty he's a little bit. Yeah. And so if he's playing nicely by himself, what would he be doing? 
you know, probably reading a book. He, he'd be sitting reading a book. Yeah. He'd be playing with some Transformers. He, we have a lot of Transformers that I had when, you know, when I was a kid. So we've busted those boxes out. So he'll love to play with toys. He might be sitting playing some Lego video games. And so tell me more about, um, like, is he more a mama's kid or a dad kid? Ooh, see, he goes back and forth. Okay. I've loved so, watching him grow that way. Yeah. So tell me about a really sweet moment between Val and your wife. You know, whenever I take him to school, here's a great example. When I take him to school in the morning, we kind of switch off mornings. It, you know, he always, if he forgets to do this, we're downstairs, we're eating, we're packing up the lunch and everything. He says, I, I need to say bye to mama. And then he'll run back upstairs. Aww. And sometimes I'll, I'll look out the hallway and watch him. And she's still sleeping because it's her morning to sleep in. She has a little face mask on. And usually oh. he'll, walk, he'll walk over the side and then he like gently reaches over and just like wraps his arms around his, her neck and kisses her cheek a bunch of times. And then she kind of stirs and says goodbye. And he's like, love you. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> so if I can create a portrait that where every time you look at it, you feel the same feeling that you're feeling right now, sharing with me about that sweet moment where he says bye-bye hmm. where would you display that gosh what a great question what a great question Can I, I want to interrupt for a second because yes because this, this is at our this is the like yes yeah, that's so, enough for you to see no 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 this is so good i hope anyone if you're listening to this right now and because some people are you know listen to this show because you're interested in nlp and change work but a lot yeah, of people using are, some of that yeah well a lot of people are coaches and practitioners and are you already noticing what lucy's doing is she's creating visualization she's asking good questions that are kind of interrupting and changing the internal dialogue because when i first started this conversation with you let's say as a customer you know, my dialogue was transactional. It was, right. what are you going to give me? What am I going to pay? How long does it take? And those are the types of things that I was thinking because I'm shopping for a photographer. And what Lucy did is interrupted my pattern. So it's like, yeah, that's a great question. Can I ask you something? And one of the best ways to interrupt a pattern is to ask a question, right? And mm -hmm. that was such a great thing. So I love that, that like we're on the same page with how to, uh, how to have that kind of interaction. And and what happens is, is, and I felt it too, Lucy, the moment you said, you know, Good. that feeling about, you know, when he goes in and has a sweet moment to say goodbye, I'm sitting here, I stood up from my desk, I'm looking out the window, I'm just kind of, you know, like, literally, I'm just sitting here gazing in a little trance, just thinking about it, and feeling like, God, you know, I love our family, I love our son. And then you said, if I could, how, what were the words, if I could create a portrait that would like capture that feeling. And now I completely forgot about, uh, what does each photographer cost or how many hours is it? None of that matters. I'm like, yeah, I want to capture that. Like, right. that's what I want. I don't want a dang painting because the truth is I don't care if I want one or 15 or if I want a photo or if I want canvas or frame, you know what I mean? I don't care. Exactly. What I really want is that captured moment. That's so brilliant. And to answer your question, um, oh, gosh, where would I, I probably want it. I would want it in the hallway. My, my wife might want it, uh, a smaller one like on a bookshelf mm -hmm. around some of our books in the living room she does that with some of uh, the family photos we've had before okay so here's where i'm going to be the trusted advisor now bring it okay it just jumped out so what i find is that when people have a significant piece of art of their family their kids that is big enough that 
across a room, you can have that warm feeling that tugs in your heart over and over every day. Mm. That becomes the favorite thing in their home. So just, just a thought that there might be a spot in the living room, um, dining room. So when you're all gathered in your great room and people are cooking and you're enjoying your world and your eye falls on that easily over and over again, you get a, you get a warm feeling. Whereas a hallway, you're only going to notice that when you stop and look at it close up. Same with a tabletop. Wow. Some, the other thing is I want to find out more about your home, your, the colors, how you decorate, things you do for fun as a family, your happy place, vacations. So we're going to create something that is beautiful that people would love even if they didn't know the subjects but then it's of the people you love. This is brilliant. So now, now you've really already, just by saying that, like, you know, you said, you know, I can I make a suggestion about this. I love that you kind of seamlessly moved into that consultant role. Right. Cause what's just happened, right? You've asked enough questions and I've explained things and I've described it and you're like, okay, I feel like I'm really getting who you are. Can I suggest something that a lot of people do or what might help? And now I instantly, I also feel like my, I don't know, my guards down, we're not having mm -hmm. to, I, even if I called you for a sale, you've beautifully reoriented the call to, uh, to relationship and advice and outcome driven. So good. Thank you. So, and that's what I, that's what I teach my people. And it all comes down to the, the original thoughts for you. And especially when men call me, which is not as often as women, <laughs> they are more into the, the details, the sales, the left brain uh, kind of part of this. And I sw switch us and keep us to the emotional because everything is an emotional purchase, but especially a family portrait. This is that, that possession that once you have it and you love it, if you have to evacuate, um, where do you live, Matt? Are you in San Diego? No, uh, we were in Orange County, but we moved to Grand okay. Rapids last year, Michigan. Ah, so if you had, so you have like blizzards, I don't know. Okay, if you had to <laughs> evacuate for some reason, that this, once the kids and the pets are safe, and yeah, maybe you want to grab, grab your computer, the portraits are going in the car because they've become essential to your you know, your joy. So connecting that emotion and disconnecting from the uh, details is how we can sell our art and, and anything, you know, anyone else that's listening that sells a widget, it's still, you know, I always say, talk about the results, talk about the results. Well, so that's, that's where I keep them is, the entire process yeah. as much as I can. And again, you've done such a great job, Lucy, too, just in, in that example of you're not just talking about results. You're talking constantly about results tied with feelings and, and, and tied with the why and what's important. So, so there's, as we can talk about why motivation, we can talk about values, meaning what's important. Um, and we can talk about emotional state. 
So don't just talk about the reason. Certainly don't talk about the product too much. So in the coaching therapy space, it's easy to get locked into, well, here's how I do coaching. I do two hours. I do a three-hour session. I do 30-minute sessions. Oh, it's weekly. It's bi-weekly. And I keep saying over and over again, nobody cares. No. But if you're talking transactional language, then that's the only thing they care about because that's the only thing they can wrap their minds around. So what you've done so well, again, is to take the – when you're selling art or you're selling your passion service to someone, you need to instantly get out of transaction, out of details and get into results and outcomes. But I think this is what just came out from our talk together is it's not just results. It's results tied to values, results tied to motivations and results tied to uh, states and feelings. I think those are the three big things that you seamlessly did Thank you. Um, that helped me. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, I haven't done a family portrait since. Yeah. I, don't know, I think Val was three, maybe. So it was five years ago yeah. we did one. And and this is the age because very shortly their they their arms and legs get long and gangly and they kind of get <laughs> awkward. Their teeth start looking like jan- jack o' lanterns, which is still cute. Um, and then they're a preteen and and that little boy is gone. And so you have a, a window of about eight months before all that changes physiologically to preserve this little precious time that is the boy because you had a little dude and now you got a boy right so okay so i want to tell you one other thing that i did that i know you noticed but people like people who ask them about themselves right so i started that relationship as a potential client with you with asking about you and if this was real life situation i would ask more questions i might ask how you and your wife met uh when did you know that this is a woman you wanted to spend the rest of your life with Hmm. Uh, and i realized this i was at a a table at a convention of the professional photographers of america and there were 12 of us and we'd all bought you know purchased you know at a big expo we we were all eating those horrible hamburgers and things that they have in trade shows in the back of the room. Yep. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Heck yeah. 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 And you know, we all were like talking photography. What program did you like? And then this one woman said, so Lucy, where did you grow up? So how did you get into photography? So do you have a family? Do you have kids? And she started asking me questions and you know, she's the only person I remember at that table. Wow. And I felt like, oh, she's my new best friend. And it's because she was asking questions about me. How interesting. And, and, and sometimes we're taught, and, and there's a place for this, but we're taught to, to talk about our prestige or what we've done or, you know, I've worked with clients like so-and-so or whatever, right? And there's a place where you do need to kind of be built up in your client's eyes so they know that you're someone special. But it's interesting that, yeah, the first thing you, you talked about with me was you said, tell me about your family. Right. You didn't say, so, you know, as we get started, you know, some of the things I'm great at, or, you know, I've done weddings for the Pope or, you know, whatever. Um, right. Or I guess the Pope's not getting married. But now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now where, where I would then do that second part is after, after I've gotten, gotten myself positioned as a trusted advisor then to brag about myself a little, I would tell a story. So I might uh, say, 
when I photographed uh, Phil Mickelson and his family, um, we had several sessions and in one part of her house, she has a gallery of large portraits and she's got like a, like a tic-tac-toe board where she keeps nine. And whenever we do a session, she might replace one or two and put it in a different part of her home. So now see how I just bragged about myself I, that I did. I love it. Bill Nicholson, the golfer, but I'm telling a story about the use of my art. Right. And, and, and I learned something because when you said that I didn't go to, um, Oh, she's talking about her. I instantly went to, Oh, what a great educational thing you just gave me. Cause now I'm imagining how I could use it a new way to, to do something. And you also, you also, just to brag on you, you just seamlessly seeded two things. You name dropped, but it wasn't braggadocious at all, but it was useful because I'm like, oh man, she's the real deal. But you also seeded the idea of having a regular um, recurring portrait session so you can have, you know, as people track and the family grows and you can replace things and what a cool idea. Yes. It's not a one and done, hey, once you captured your family, you never need to think about them again because the family is right. growing and changing. I love that. Really it cool. is. Until if you knew the your last day on earth and had a portrait, then that would be the the final chapter of the family as you lived it. But until then, you know, you can't ever step in the same river twice. Yes. yes. Always changing. And because you're at that early stage of having a family I know that you've recognized how quickly time passed. When you've got an 18-year-old, if you have some portraits created at this stage, you'll always be able to reflect and remember this time in your family life and your child. But to me, really only as strongly if they're large enough that you get the emotional connection. Lucy. See now how I just did advisor again? Lucy, you have me sold. I'm so ready for portraits. Unbelievable. I hate that. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> but I do. I can refer somebody in your area. So. I sure appreciate it. Because, uh, Lucy, you can, um, first off, thank you so much for coming on the show. You've been a You're blast welcome. to have. And, and this is cool. I didn't know, you know, I never know exactly where the conversation is going to go. That's why me I try neither. to keep it open. But this was a ton of fun. And I learned a lot. I hope, uh, hope uh, you guys learned a ton listening uh, this is someone who clearly is a master at not just the craft, but at selling and advising in the craft. That's something that really is a master level. It takes time to do that. And, Thank you. I, and, and teaching it and coaching people to do it. So And all of the above, all of the above. So much fun because when the light goes on for my coaching clients and then they they go accomplish this, especially people that have been in it for a long, long time, but they're reinventing. And then they say, oh my gosh, I just did your telephone uh, script. And then we did the planning session and then, you know, all those stages and oh my gosh, they just bought five big portraits, biggest sale I've ever had. And that, that makes my heart swell. I'm as happy as if it happened to me when I'm able to guide people. Well, if you're, if you're in the position where you think someone like Lucy could help you with that, um, is it exclusively for photographers or do you do any other industries? Is that, is that the real space you, you go into? Well, I have coached people that are not, uh, you know, where they're, because selling, selling, selling. Is something that I'm really you know, like passionate about and confident in supporting people. Um, but primarily photographers or people in, in other arts 
would be ideal. Um, but if someone feels like, oh my gosh, this might be somebody I'd really, you know, love to consider working with, then certainly, you know, I believe that the, whoever's looking for me, whoever I'm looking for is looking for me. And I don't know who that might be. So of course, that is brilliant. So guys, if you're a photographer, especially really anyone in the arts of any kind, that's one of the biggest challenges in the in the arts is you're great at doing what you're doing, you're passionate about it, but you're not selling it the way you should or for the price you're supposed to. So I know Lucy could be a huge help for that. Um, guys, Lucy has a really cool book that I believe you will have access to after this. It's called 10 Big Ideas for Marketing in the Real World. You can find out and get a copy of that book at lucydumascoaching.com. Lucy spelled L-U-C-I and Dumas is D-U-M-A-S, lucydumascoaching.com. You can follow Lucy on Facebook at her page, Lucy Dumas-Insight Training for Photographers. We'll have that in the show notes. So just click on it. You'll go right to it. She also has a private uh, special Facebook group you can get to, which is Insight training for photographers and that goes right to her group both on facebook we'll have links in there uh lucy if they head over to your website and get a copy of the book and i think you said uh you'd even be willing to do uh, a coaching session or strategy session with someone so tell us quickly about or a little bit about the book and then what a strategy session is and how to get it so the book is 10 big ideas for marketing photography in the real world i think i left that out on my notes to you and a lot of times people now think they can sit in their chair and social media market and that should be it for finding their ideal clients. So this is 10 ways that you can get out and meet people and basically, I, I, I don't know, remember the far side, Gary, Lice, Gary Larson Gary far side? I love far side, yeah. So my favorite one was the two vultures sitting up. Uh, looking over a field of Africa or wherever with animals that are living. And one of them says, uh, patience, be, you know, enough about patience. I'm going to go kill something. <laughs> <laughs> so sitting and waiting is, is not the best way to draw our ideal clients to us. We can have people show up, but they are not necessarily our clients. So this is, 10 things that either I've used or I know other people have been successful because um, you can't do 10 all at once. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so that's what the book is. The strategy session is a deep dive into your dreams, uh, what might be in the way and envisioning how it will feel to have everything unfolding just the way you would love it. And so for your listeners, I'm offering the first, ten, or the first eight that uh, connect with me that to and apply uh, a complimentary strategy session, which is a $325, $350 value. So um, love, love, love to support your listeners that way. And, and um, that's yeah, that's thank, what that is. Thank you so much, Lucy. So again, if you want to take advantage of that, just head over to lucydumascoaching.com and you can get a copy of her book, 10 Big Ideas for Marketing Photography in the Real World. And then once you get that, just send her an email. It's real simple. Uh, uh, it's right on there. Send her an email yes. and she will have a strategy session with you, which I think we're doing because you can learn so much right. from it and 
learn a little bit more about really what we're talking about, which is marketing that artistry sort of service-based business and selling in there and whatever you need help with. I mean, man, if, if you got value from this conversation, imagine having a private call where you can ask her anything you want. I think that's genius. Lucy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank, thank you, you, man. You do. And uh, truly a pleasure. Looking forward to connecting with you again soon. Same here. All right, guys, that is the show this week. Uh, give us some love and let me know what you thought about Lucy Dumas. You can follow me at social media at Matt Browning, B-R-A-U-N-I-N-G on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube where the podcast is. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the show, of course, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all those places. Leave a rating review if you don't mind. A rating and review makes a huge, huge difference. More people find us that way. Thanks for listening. Get out there as usual. Have an awesome week and crush it. 